If you can't get enough of the Mixing Music Podcast and want three times the amount of episodes every week, subscribe to our exclusive content for only $4 a month or $40 a year at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK. Today we have a fun episode, we're just going to get right into it since today my co-host Lou is not here. Um, but this is a simple one that I think is going to take a little bit of talking, a little bit of explaining. Uh, but I think this is applicable for beginners, to intermediate, even to advanced. Um, the question is that I want to answer, right? The question is, how can I get better at mixing? What are the most effective ways to practice? Uh, This is a very good question, and uh, there's a lot of different ways to practice. And I'm going to start off with my favorite answer. This is the one that I recommend the most whenever I'm I'm teaching interns or doing some one-on-one lessons or whatever it is. The thing that I recommend first is to mix fast. Uh, Some people call it sprint mixing, but mixing fast. So if you get a mix, let's say you get some stems or you have a client that you just want to start over and just practice with, right? or your own stuff, try to mix it down in 30 minutes or less. And do it a couple times. Do a couple revisions. Do a save as, and then do it again. Um, And then do one where you take as long as you want. Um, And it's going to sound different, but you may end up preferring the ones that you did very quickly because this technique and this way of practicing is really, really useful as far as like efficiency and getting better with the mouse, keyboard, whatever tools that you're using console if you, if you are, whatever, right? But the greatest concept with this technique is that you're relying on instincts. When you let instincts take over, because we all, again, I've said this before, but we all listen to music. We all know what music is supposed to sound like or how we prefer to hear music. When you, when you do something really fast, when you mix it down really, really fast, you have to rely on your instincts, your first impressions. Okay, I've 
this bass and this this kick drum and this guitar and and this this sample and this hats and this snare and these vocals like you just have to rely on instincts yes yeah, so you may be able to change a few things here and there i mean it's not five minutes it's 30 minutes right so you can do some eq some compression a little bit there but um to mix down something fast is a really really great way to practice and if you do it fast and you set a timer like honestly you set a timer and you you could do it a couple times even uh, compared to one time where you just spent a long time with um the second thing is to just do it a lot just do it often there's a website, I'm, I'm, you're going to have to Google it, I've, I apologize, I'm going to have to Google it and I'm going to post the link in the description below if you're watching on YouTube or in the episode description um, if you're listening on Spotify or any other podcasting platform. Um, but there's a website, I think it was like Cambridge University or something has an entire website for stems that you can download for practice of these random artists. Uh, obviously, the second tip I'm going to add is to just mix a lot do it a lot. And and this is one of those things where I'm going to talk I'm going to go on a tangent and talk about the importance of doing free work because again, part a big part of doing free work is the experience. So assuming that the artist is someone that you want to work with, that you'd love the opportunity to and and the learning experience that you can stay excited about to the end, um offer for free if you can afford it or if you don't have that many clients or if that's some in the direction that you want to go because that's practice. Uh, to put it into perspective, we had uh, a discussion on my school Facebook page where um, uh, one of the professors brought up an important fact, which is, is I'm tired of people asking for free work and offering free work because it devalues our art. It shows that there's not a monetary value behind the hard work and the education behind what we're doing. And there's a really great point to that. But the one problem with that thought process, especially as a professor, is that um, let's say you go to a school, right? A cheaper school is a few thousand dollars a semester for a cheaper school. So now you have these students that especially if you're already in the program or if you're in like you're going to at least in my school, we made six to ten songs, maybe a little bit more per semester. So you're paying money to make songs that probably won't go anywhere. And you're paying money for that. So that's negative money. That's that's beyond free. You're paying money for that, right? That experience. Now, let's say that someone asks you to do free work or you ask people to do work for them for free. Like you want to, you reach out to them. That's not negative money. That's zero money, net zero. And it's real world experience with a client that cares. And... Again, part of the professor's uh, discussion is that when things are free, people won't value it as much. People value things that they have to sacrifice for. There's a lot of psychology in there. That, it makes perfect sense. But again, if people and students at BYU or at a cheaper university for audio are paying three to $4,000 a semester, right? And that's a cheap one. You could be paying $15,000 a semester. Uh, Berkeley is expensive. I, I don't know how much exactly it is. Um, but... It depending, like, you could pay so much money for per semester and only do so many songs that don't really usually go anywhere. Or you could do work for free and get real-world experience with clients that care, like I already said this, right? And you get real-life feedback, not for a grade, but for experience. I think that's a better education than paying for school or you lose money in order to make music that doesn't go anywhere. Um, so I would say even if the lesson learned is to never do free work again, 
going through the process of the learning is, is something that is not quantifiable. I guess the only way to quantify is, is okay, so if you write 10 songs a semester and you pay $4,000 a semester, then how, ma- how, many, how much did you spend to make each song for the learning experience? So now you can equate that if every time you do free work, you are basically getting this many hundreds of dollars worth of learning experience for free. It's, it's not really quantifiable, but the fact of the matter is real-world experience is going to get you better skill and is going to help you learn faster in the long run. So going back to like the Cambridge website where you can download free stems, you can go to my store.dkmixes.com or just go to mixingmusicpodcast.com, click on online courses. Um, I With my courses, uh, you, the videos are free. You can watch them on YouTube. The, the, the tutorials, they're free on the website, on the store. Um, you can preview them and watch it for free. But the reason why people pay for these courses, and I actually do get uh, some people buying the courses every month, um, you know, every other day or whatever. And uh, you get the stems to practice on. And that's one of the things that I want to impl- continue to implement as, as more, more as I, ugh, especially as I build more and more courses, and more and more tutorials, I want to implement the stems so you can practice and use them on your own. Um, I, I do think that's, a, that's important. So getting real world experience. The third thing is actually pressure. So I would say um, I always... There's going to be a little bit of debate behind this, but in my mind, the way that I see it is me being married early, having having kids, uh, has done nothing but put more pressure on my career in a good way. Uh, if I wasn't making money before, so like when my wife and I were married, but we didn't have any kids, she would be a major income supporter for the family with her part-time job. Or I think it was full-time back then, right? She was working full-time at... Uh, where was it? Subway? I think Subway Sandwiches, making sandwiches, and I think like at an art place doing some work as well. I mean, it was just the two of us, So, and I was at school or working, so she had time to kill, and great way to make money. Uh, minimum wage jobs, but jobs nonetheless, and she helped support paying the rent and things like that. But as soon as we had our first kid, uh, it, it became very quickly that in our household, it was not going to be easy or anywhere near possible to have her work and me work because if I have to watch the kids I'm not able to work at all um, because I have to take care of them change the diaper I'm not able to get in flow state for her uh, and when she when and she's tired because of work so she's not able to watch whatever right so all these reasons that were more personal for me and, and maybe totally different for you but what it did is after two weeks of having the baby and her going back to the job um, again after maternity leave we decided in two weeks, yeah, this is not going to happen. I had her quit immediately, and it, it became my responsibility to feed the family and to pay the rent, which I've never fully done by myself, especially because at this point I haven't had a job in two years, and I've just been providing through music. It really put the pressure on me to pay the rent, um, and it forced me to get better and to increase my income by finding clients. It, it put me in a corner that my personality type, and it may be for you as well. If you're doing music, which is one of the hardest industries to make money in, that means you're a fighter, right? Um, If you're willing to fight for it, you're going to make money. Now, don't be greedy and selfish and start to get super scarcity mentality that's really bad and really wrong and it will do the opposite effect. But if you're able to maintain a healthy mental balance of of being of service and being a go-giver, right? one of my favorite books ever, uh, one of the secrets to life, I would say, 
if you're able to balance that, then having kids, getting married, bringing on, putting on more responsibility is going to push you to become a better mixer or a better producer, a better songwriter, because you're going to have no other choice. Um, the, the story of, of, uh, ah, what is his name? Cortez. Cortez went to, this is kind of, especially with PC culture, this is kind of a bad story, but it's a good, good lesson. Um, went to the Americas to the, to get the gold, right? So they were going to go get the gold and they get there and maybe some of the sailor, the sailors that were on the boat and the, the other conquestors or whatever, the conquistadors or whatever, they're like mum, murmuring and they're like, oh, I don't know if we're going to do this. This has never been done before. It's been tried dozens of times before. Not a single person has ever been able to bring back the gold. Cortez has a really good idea. They land, they get to shore, they have a meeting. They basically say at this meeting, yo, we need to get this gold. And if we're going to go home, we're going to go home on their boats. So here's what we're going to do. Usually they think of it like an escape plan or like, here's where we're going to meet up and all that jazz. Nah. He said, burn the boats. Burn our boats. And people were like, what? And it's like, so you got a choice now. After we burn these boats, you got a choice. We're going to die or we're going to take their gold. Die or take the gold. The answer is pretty obvious. And they actually became, Cortez and his crew became the first people to ever be able to take the gold, which is incredible. Uh, as as far as a lesson goes, very, very sad. We we talk, it doesn't matter, right? But the lesson is very important. Burn the boats. Have no other option. Put yourself in a corner. Put that pressure on. Put yourself on the hook, right? And you will perform better because you have no other choice. Um, it's that or die. Like really, like it's that or not pay rent. And and I will say that as soon as my wife quit, there was a for the first six months we were dipping a little bit into savings and almost depleting our savings account completely. Uh, by the end of the six months. But after six months, I got my head in the game. I figured it out um, and was able to make enough money to pay rent consistently since then. Now it's been years. Now my son is almost three and we just had another kid. And, and even with the second kid, now he's got Down syndrome. He's a special needs kid. He wasn't able to come home for six months because he was premature and had all these other issues that uh, I appreciate your sympathies, but he, he's one of the biggest blessings in my life. I don't, I don't see any problem with it. He's, it's incredible. Um, with, with him, like even more so, special needs kid, now, like, the pressure is on. Like, I have to get better. I have to make more content and to do more shit and work harder. Like, I have no choice. It's going to make me a better mixer, a better person, a better engineer. Like, it's amazing. Uh, so keep put yourself on the hook. Put the pressure on, and it's going to mold you. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to... And it doesn't have to be through getting married and having kids. I mean, your life is your life. There's different things. Maybe for you, it might just be quitting your job which I'm not recommending everybody quit your job. I mean, the golden rule for entrepreneurship and startups is keep your day job or keep going to school, one of the two, right? And so it may not mean like if it's, don't be stupid, but if you're able to, if you're the type of person that's motivated by that kind of stuff, go for it. Do take the risk because at the end of the day, you can just get another job. Um, and in most economies, in most marketplaces, even in California where the rent is stupid ridiculous, the minimum wage is also double that of Utah. So Utah might be half the rent, but it's also half the minimum wage. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like, so on that note, like you can always get a part-time job or do Postmates or DoorDash or something, something that it's flexible. Uh, but putting the pressure on whatever way that's comfortable for you is something that I consider that will help you become better. Uh, the fourth is experimentation, doing a lot of different things, trying new plugins, getting demos, listen to a lot of podcasts or YouTube videos, reading books, whatever, whatever it takes, like just watching other mixers, um, 
and, and more so not to kind of emulate their sound, but to understand their techniques and why they're doing different things and, and how their different techniques sound in different ways and then applying them. Um, uh, I would say contrary to popular belief, this is one of those, this is one of those interesting things. Um, uh, in a lot of, in a few success, success oriented books of how to achieve success, they, one of them, one of them says, uh, there's a couple of them that say, uh, contrary to popular belief, it's not 50% learning, 50% application. In fact, if you thought it was any different, the, the common sense, the natural person would say, the normal person would say, oh, it's probably more application. Application is more important. Apply what you learn. It's more important than learning and thinking. But it's actually 90% pondering and thinking and only 10% application because if you're thinking about it, then naturally your motivations and in, in your decisions are going to reflect what you're thinking about, right? That's, that's common knowledge. So if you're thinking about it, if you're pondering, if you're always learning podcasts, YouTubing, you're going to be thinking about it a lot often. And, and it's to the point where when my first addiction that I've had, my, my first passion, uh, I, I was a sponsored professional longboarder when I was in high school, which is really kind of random, right? But with longboarding, there was, I was so addicted and thought about it so often that sometimes I learned a move that I've never tried before because I, I knew what it felt like in my mind. I knew how gravity would work, how the wheels would spin out, and I, and I was able to actually like learn two or three tricks without ever trying it a single time because I dreamed it or I pondered it, I thought about it, and I knew exactly how it was supposed to feel in my mind. So by the time I got it, I had this delusional faith in myself that I knew that it was really easy to do, even though I've never done it before. And more importantly, like I knew what it was supposed to feel like, how the gravity was supposed to feel, how the bore was supposed to feel, because I had already imagined in my mind. And, and when you're goal oriented, when you're thinking about things, um, naturally things happen. So, uh, so when you're open-minded, when you're learning, when you're constantly trying to figure out an experiment, even with application, um, or in your mind of just trying different things, like um, on my computer, I have a list of plugins that I should remember to try that are not natural. Like I have them, but I don't use them all the time. So I have a list of like, if I want to try something new, try these plugins I don't usually use. And, and this experimentation really helps you to grow because then you're going to learn this technique, the decapitator and how it saturates and all of its different presets and different selections, how it saturates is different from the Kramer tape on waves versus the UAD ATR 102 versus the, the, uh, Studer on UAD and, and the whatever, right? It's, it's going to sound different. Each one has a different effect. So if you're able to apply and try different things and experiment, you're going to get better, obviously, um, which is really, really important. Um, and the last thing that I would say is to do music um, for others. Now, this is something that especially y'all songwriters and producers will know. It's easier to make beats and write songs for other people because there's less pressure. What feels like less pressure. Um, and this might lead into doing genres that you're not comfortable in. That, that also can be the fifth thing, right? Going in and mixing or producing for genres that you're not comfortable with is going to make you a better producer, a better mixer, um, because it kind of puts you out of that comfort zone. It puts the pressure on. When you work for other people, there's also less pressure because it's not personal. So you're going to experiment more, going back to number four, right? And you're going to try things and you're going to be a lot more subjective about it. It's going to be a lot more analytical. Like, I'm going to do this because this is better. But when it's your own music that you're constantly mixing, you're not going to be subjective about it. You're going to be, it's very personal. And if it turns out wrong, you're going to take it very personal because it is your own personal music. You're too attached to it. 
um, to the point where you could lose bias. Some of my worst mixes ever are my own music. And that's totally fine. It's to the point right now where I just don't care. When I release music, I don't care about the mix so much so that I don't care. I'll release it even if it's not as good of a mix because I don't care because my art is more just releasing the music and instead of focusing on the mix. When I'm working for somebody else, mixing is really, really important. Um, but I would say, uh, yes, just continually um, do work for other people, for stuff that you're not personally attached to because then now you're, you're getting better with the process. The process is more important. The mixing, the process is more important than the outcome. And when you can't control the outcome and you try to control the outcome, especially with it's your own personal music, um, you're just going to be frustrated. But if it's for somebody else... The outcome is determined by the other person, how they like it, and, and you can work with them. You get feedback revisions and whatnot. And, and, and every once in a while, you're going to get one that's like, yo, stop, refund me, this sucked, you're just not it for me. You're going to get that sometimes. That's fine. It's, like, that's not a big deal. Don't, don't let that hit your pride. Like, everybody has had that. Like, even the greats have had that. I guarantee it. Um, that's fine. Don't worry. And you could blame it on that artist or that client's insecurity because they just weren't able to get over themselves, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that that's a learning experience. And, um, I would say that there's some things that you can learn from mixing your own stuff, but I'd say there's a lot more to learn through the subjective, unbiased, uh, approach of the process of mixing or production or songwriting, whatever it is. Right. So I would say that's the fifth thing and it's very, very important. And, um, I hope that you use these five things. I, I just kind of said these off the top of my head. So I'm going to, hopefully you caught all of them. Uh, but I really, really am grateful for all the clients that I've been able to have, um, I, I would say under the last thing, which is putting on the pressure to add on top of that, is I'm going to give you a little snippet from my life. This is not the best thing for everybody, but this is just how I happen to do it. Uh, I joined BYU. Um, so I did a year of school in Hawaii, and, and then I transferred to BYU. I, I met my wife in Hawaii and got married and transferred to BYU, which is kind of funny. Um, but when I was there, I missed the deadline to apply for the audio program. So I had to wait an entire year because they only do applications once a year. I was taking generals, and at the same time, I just couldn't wait. I was so passionate about engineering, so producing, recording, mixing. I was so passionate about it that I couldn't wait. And I took out a $20,000 loan to start a studio in a place that... Uh, statistically speaking, is a small industry and it's not really worth it and a bad business idea. But I wanted it so bad that I went into debt to make this happen. Um, and the great and the reason why it worked and the reason why it's so awesome and, and I'm the type of person that like will fight through everything and I think most people are. Most people, if, if they're passionate about something, if they care enough about something, then that work is going to shine through. Um, the, the, what I learned from owning a studio, the pressure of having to pay a second rent, right? And the pressure of having to appease clients and being the youngest person in town and nobody trusts me because of my age, like not even, and lack of experience, which is true, but like the fact that I had to fight for it and keep the business open, I worked 100 hours, 80 to 120 hours a week while going to school full-time, this is before I had kids, like I, the days that I, the weeks that I worked 120 hours a week and was going to school full-time, sleeping two to three hours a night, I, I was crying at the end of every single one of those weeks. Like I'm telling my wife, I want to quit. Like this is so stupid, but I didn't because I loved it enough. And that pressure really, really helped me to grow. That learning experience, 
then and, and by the time I was proud enough to say that by the time I got accepted to the program the following year which that in itself is is crazy because with BYU they have 100 200 applicants and they can only accept 6 or 7 so the 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 acceptance rate is ridiculously low because the program is really small and it's really hard to get in and not only did I get in the first try because of the experience that I had in portfolio that I made during that year but I had more experience than the seniors were having due to the force doing the, f- the f- I had to keep the doors open and feed my family for a whole year before I even got accepted to the program. I was the, I was the only person in the program that was doing music full time before I even got accepted. And there's only been a few people, a handful of people that have ever done that in the history of the program. And it put me at a huge advantage and made school even more worth it because now networking is more worth it because everybody wants to get to know me and I want to get to know everybody and I'm really obviously curious and open-minded and, and, and just trying to learn as much as I can. Um, and it's it was really, really awesome. I, I think that the learning experience in itself was worth the extra pressure because I didn't just learn music. I learned about business. I learned about marketing and how to make a website and how to do finances and taxes and, and what marketing really is, what PR is, how to build a brand and get clients and, and run the books and, and have budgets and save receipts, all this jazz that I had to figure out. It forced me to do it. And, and that alone was better. That $20,000 that I took a debt, like took a loan for, um, was worth, more worth paying for school. I'll say that again. The debt that I, the loan that I took out to start a business was more worth it for the learning experience than school. Now that, again, this is specific to me in my scenario. It may not use your brain. Like, don't be stupid and, and make rash decisions without thinking about it. But at the same time, you might be in a similar position where you're just waiting for something, waiting to get accepted to the program. I'm going to tell you right now, waiting is the worst thing that you could do. Waiting is not making you better. Go out and start a business, even if with the limited gear. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't grab a loan. Maybe you don't start a business with debt, right? But you just start a business and you start working for free or starting to charge a little bit and slowly over time, like just keep working. There's no excuses. There's an, there's, if you are an engineer right now saying there's not enough work to go around, quit being prideful. And um, to offer less, offer discounts or free, work with people that you want to work with, that you find benefit working with for the learning experience. But there's enough artists out there and people that want to record music that you should never have any free time on your hands. And if you do, I'm assuming also that like, let's say you spend 40 hours a week working with clients and you have another 40 hours because you're single or you're married with no kids or, or even if you do, you're, you just have a lot more time. So instead of six hours a day watching TV and wasting your time, that's the average, right, for college-age students to be wasting time six hours a day. That's an incredible amount of time to be wasting every single day. Instead of going to parties and doing things that aren't going to help your life, you sacrifice and you're willing to change in order to make, to find success, right? So maybe for you it's different and maybe you start smaller, but... I will say, going back and piggybacking to sacrifice and putting the pressure on, like, for me in my life, that has put me forward. Like, um, I, I will never say this to my professors because I, I respect them and honor them, and I never say this to, to compare or to, to belittle them. But in as soon as I quit school, it's gotten to the point where uh, I should... 
I don't really encourage quitting school. If you're really close to finishing, you should finish because having a degree is, is an amazing thing. Even if you don't do anything that the degree offers, like even if you do music and you have a degree in psychology, having a degree is really helpful. It's a great backup plan because now if let's say music doesn't work out or music does work out, but you want to supplement it, like having a degree guarantees you a, a non, <laughs> like it can guarantee you basically a non-minimum wage job. <laughs> so it's a great backup plan. Um, and, uh, so I, it, it's great. Um, because if you have a degree, it also just shows, especially as someone that employs people, I've hired so many people and done a lot of hiring interviews, um, for different things outside of music, even, uh, just having a degree shows me that you're really good at eating shit more than anything else. Like you're really good at doing hard things and you're able to push through to the end and finish because I don't really give a crap about your degree or what it, what your major is. Um, but, uh, we finished school, right? But I, I will say that um, in I'm not even 30 yet. Like, I'm, I'm mid, late. I'm 27. Like, I'm in my 20s. And I have more credits and more, more awards and more recognition as an engineer than my professors combined. Um, in, in, the, in the eyes of the masses. Uh, my professors have had amazing credits, but more niche, right? Especially because of BYU. So more niche, more Utah-type stuff. And, and films, but as far as like records go and plays and, and, and clientele and especially, and at least in, in, at this point in my life compared to different points in their life, like the amount of learning, how much I've learned and the speed of my growth and learning has, is, is unparalleled to anybody else in my school. And it has nothing to do with school. It's not that I took school more seriously or anything. I did take school more seriously than and everybody else because I was that passionate about it, but it wasn't that it was, it was the pressure that I put on myself and, and my desire and curiosity that I didn't give a crap. I didn't give a crap how much I didn't know. And, and I realized I was aware that I was being arrogant sometimes and, and, but being assertive because you care so much about something is, is a good thing that can help you grow. So I really recommend considering that, um, and pushing that again. Now I'm just like rambling. Um, but this is very, very important and great topic, uh, and a secret to my success. Uh, my current success. And I hope, I hope that this is not the peak of my career. I hope that I can continue to grow every, every single day and continue to build clientele and more. Uh, um, I, I wouldn't say recognition is what I want, but I would say recognition is the benefit of doing better work. Right. So, um, I hope to do that, especially as I kind of like do this, like I'm, I'm doing a podcast and doing a YouTube channel. Like I hope that I continue to grow for y'all. Like, honestly, that's kind of funny uh, to say that, but I appreciate y'all. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. If you'd like to take advantage of my free guides and online videos, please check out links.dkmixes.com. That's links.dekeimixes.com. Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.